chapter 3. I'm going to read just 10 verses. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Just 10 verses of that quite famous story. And I've entitled this message, if you're on our Facebook, Bethel Community Church Facebook, you will see that I've entitled this message, the voice. Helen wanted me to do the music and the chair and turn around and all that, but it's, it would have been quite dramatic, but it's nothing to do with that voice. This is not called the voice. This preach is called the voice. And I want to look at the voice of God. How powerful is it? How He speaks. How to hear His voice. I started looking at this just a couple of weeks ago, and, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's not really a preach. It's, some, it's just some of my observations as I was digging into this. I was making some notes thinking, oh, is this going to be a preach? I don't know. And I, I get a little bit excited sometimes when I'm digging into the Word and finding things out, and I thought, oh, I, ju I just want to share it. So I'm just going to share it. It might spill over into next week. I haven't finished it yet. That's how fresh it is. I haven't even finished it. So I I don't know what's going to happen next week. I might have some more next week. But I just want to share these, this stuff with you that I, it was exciting me as I was looking at it. Samuel didn't recognize the voice because it was rare in those days. Visions and the voice of God was rare. Eli, even Eli, the, the high priest, it was, it was, he didn't clock on. And it says that his eyes were dim. And then if you read on, it says that he'd become fat as well. And that just doesn't mean um, physically, but spiritually, Eli's eyes were dim. He couldn't see God as he once was and as he once did. He'd become spiritually lazy as well. So the physical side of him was a reflection 
of the spiritual side of him. He was also disobeying God and not controlling his sons and his family. And so, because the high priest was out of step with God, then the whole of the community was out of step with God. I said a couple of months ago, I think when I was preaching, I think it was around Christmas time actually, when someone passes on and goes to be with the Lord, the, the first thing that disappears is the voice. We forget the voice. And sometimes if you haven't seen someone for a long time, maybe years, and, and I've heard people say, all I want to do is just want to hear their voice, just to hear their voice. There's something about the voice. And I want to, it sort of captured me how even when God was speaking, they didn't understand, they didn't know. And I thought, Lord, am I ever going to be in that place? Am I in that place? I don't want to be in that place. I want to be the one who recognizes your voice. You see, Samuel served in the temple but he didn't know the Lord. It was a job for him. He was given over as a servant in the temple. Verse 7 says that he, he had not yet had an encounter with God. He didn't know God. It was a cultural thing. Young men served in the temple. It was his job. It was, there was no spiritual experience. And sometimes we are like that. I don't know if you're like that. You could be brought up. In a Christian family, you could go to church every Sunday and worship. It's a cultural thing. It's a thing that you do, but no spiritual experience. Not recognizing the Lord because he's so far away. He's not there. And that's the voice that you don't hear, the voice that you don't recognize. See, Samuel had to respond. There had to be a response. Sometimes our re the response could be nothing. Do nothing about it. But thank God Eli had enough left in him to recognize God's voice. And he said, you must do something, Samuel. And so he did. He, re he responded. You see, it doesn't matter how good we are or how gracious we are or how nice we are, or how well we serve, or how faithful we are. If we don't recognize God's voice, if we don't respond to God's voice, we've got a problem. And this is why it says in that chapter we just read, the voice of God and His, his visions and manifestations and everything was rare. They didn't recognize Him. They didn't know Him. So what is the voice of God like? I, I usually ask myself questions when I'm, I'm putting stuff together. And this is one of the, what is, his, what is his voice like? How do we recognize it? How do we know what it's like? What's the tone of it? How does it sound? The Bible talks about God laughing. talks about God singing. It does. What's his voice like? I always, I always wonder when um, they were in the, upper room and they had the Passover in that room and it says that after they'd sung a hymn they went to Gethsemane the Mount of Olives. I always think, I wonder what Jesus' singing voice was like. 
bet it was good. I bet he did some harmonies. You know? Who was the one that was tone deaf? I don't know. Judas had to be, probably. Tom, Thomas, maybe. I don't know. I wonder what Jesus' voice was like. What's God's voice like? I'm going to read something in uh, John 12, verse 28. It says this, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Then the crowd that were there and heard it said, it sounded, it sounded like thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, the voice, this voice, was for your benefit, not for mine. So those that were there, this is the third time that the audible voice of God was heard. It was his baptism when he was baptized. It was on the Mount of Transfiguration at this point. You see, the voice of God can be as loud and as frightening as thunder, or it could be as still as a whisper. It wasn't for their benefit. This was interesting. It wasn't for his benefit, sorry. It was for their benefit. Of course it wasn't for Jesus' benefit because he knows the voice. It was for the benefit of those that were around. And I said earlier, you know, sometimes there are things that happen just so that people can say, wow. Just literally, wow. Because... We don't just live in a natural realm. We live in a spiritual realm as well. God's voice is there to benefit us so that we know it's God. Sometimes God's voice booms from the heights. did very often in, in the Old Testament. And you hear it like thunder and lightning on the mountain when Moses went up to that mountain. They couldn't even touch the mountain and it was like thunder and lightning over the mountain. God's voice thundering. It could be in a, in a, in a storm but it can also be in a whisper. But just as in the days of Samuel, when the voice was uncommon, when people were not so close to him, God will make himself known. And maybe you feel, well, I'm not so close to him. You may be feeling, well, I used to be close to him. I used to hear his voice all the time. I, I knew what he was saying to me. I could read his word and I'd know it. Maybe, oh, I, I don't know, it's gone cold. Don't think that God can't still make himself known to you. He can and he will. He will get our attention in whichever way he possibly can. You see, even when it was an audible voice, and, and this was really interesting when I looked at this, and I think at the time, if I, when I was studying it, anybody who came anywhere near me, I was saying, hey, listen to this, this is great. Even when it was an audible voice, like they heard, like thunder, the Hebrew rabbis believed that it was not the direct voice of God, they said, it's just barely an echo of his voice. I love that. They said his voice sounds like thunder because it's, it's the echo of his voice throughout eternity. You see, when God speaks, I don't believe it's just 
a few people who heard it. It would echo boom, throughout eternity. And it was the echo of his voice. Because if we heard his voice directly, it would probably obliterate us. So we hear the echo of his voice. You see, that voice spoke to creation in the beginning. That voice spoke worlds and cosmoses and universes and all the other stuff. The stars, the moon. That voice spoke it into being. It's the voice of God. That voice calmed the storm. It's the same voice. That voice rose the dead. It's the same voice. Do you notice with Lazarus, and if you read through it, it dawned upon me this morning as I was reading it. It says that Jesus spoke in a loud voice. Why? Because the authority in his voice, he was speaking directly to death. It's the power of just his voice. The significance of his voice. His voice is all powerful. He spoke things into being. Look at Psalm 33. I'm going to read verse 6 and 9. Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Did he wave his arms about? Did he grab something and put it together? No, he just spoke a word. Let there be light. And there had to be light. Because... Of his voice. Something interesting. And I know I know all this stuff. You know all this stuff. But when you put it all together, you go, wow, didn't realize it. Matthew 8, you read about the centurion who came to Jesus. He had a servant who was seriously ill. He loved this servant. And he came to Jesus to say, Lord, my servant is ill. And Jesus made motions to, to go and to get to the centurion's house. But the centurion said, no, no, no. He said, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. And in verse 8, Matthew 8 and verse 8, he said, just say the word. Just speak the word and it will be done. You see, the centurion realized the authority that was in his word. Because the centurion went on to say, all I have to do with those who I command is say the word. And it gets done. I speak a word and one does this. I say something else and another does this. And he saw it in Jesus. He said, all you have to do, I know it. You command authority and you have to say a word. It's in his voice. Just the word. He had all authority in one word. He could speak the word because he was the word. The word, the breath 
of God's mouth. I love one of my favorite verses in the Bible. John 1 and verse 14. The Word became flesh. The Word that was spoken in the beginning. Because without Him, nothing is made, John said. He was there in the beginning. All things are created through Him and for Him. The voice that spoke, the Word that came out of that voice of God became flesh. Blows my mind. And do you know who wrote that? A fisherman. Not a philosopher. Not an educated man. Not someone who'd been through the, the rabbi schools. This was God speaking through him. That word became flesh. His voice is as awesome as his presence. Everything about him. And when we talk about the voice of God speaking to us, being able to speak to us, we are talking about that voice that spoke creation into being. We're talking about that word that walked and commanded death to loose. That's our God. You see, his voice can bring life, but it can also destroy. Psalm 46 and verse 6 says this. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. He, that's God, he raised his voice and the earth melted. That's the power and the authority of his voice. Just as mankind could not look on God, and if you read through the Old Testament, anyone who had an encounter with God, it says that they had an encounter with an angel or the angel of the Lord. These were all what they were called Christophanies or Theophanies. They were God manifesting himself in the form of a, a man because no one could look on God. When Moses said, I want to see your goodness. I want to see your glory. He says, you can see, but I'll have to hide you away. You cannot see me or you will die. He says that Moses was one of the ones who got as close to seeing him as anyone. And even when he was in the Holy of Holies, there was the, the vapor of the incense. And he would have to be looking through the vapor of the incense. Just as no one can look on God, no one can hear directly his voice. It's just an echo of his voice. Because if mankind heard his voice literally, there would be destruction. Because his voice brings life. And anything that's the opposite, any sin, anything that's the opposite of what he is, it would be destroyed. It's the same today. Even when we hear that still, small voice, and I'm going to come on to that in a moment, that whisper or the thunder, it's the echo of his voice. This is why the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Because he can gently speak to our spirit. And when he 
speaks to our spirit. It's not directly coming from God. It's the echo of what God wants to say to us into our spirit. The power of his voice. I want to look at Elijah for a little bit. Now, Elijah was called the prophet of fire. He was the signs and wonders guy. Wherever he went, he would speak with the authority of that voice, and things happened. Wow. Incredible things. But one day he got so down, so despondent, so depressed. Even the God of miracles, who he knew, he sort of felt abandoned and he hid away. And I'm going to read something from 1 Kings 19, verse 11 down to 13. And he was on a mountain. I might say something about this next week because I haven't got it in this part. But the mountain was quite significant where he was. This was the mountain that Moses was on a long time ago. When Moses said, show me your glory. And God says, I, I'll pass by you, but I'll have to hide you. And Elijah was on the same mountain. Being despondent, thinking God had abandoned him. And this is what God said to him, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Then he said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the er earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, and he said, I love these words. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What are you in this place for? Do you know the significance of this place? Do you know that I passed by this place once before? What are you doing here? But it wasn't in the signs and wonders. Remember, Elijah was a signs and wonders guy. And if God was going to speak to him, it would be in the thunder. It would be in the fire. It would be in the earthquakes. And sometimes we get like that, don't we? This is how God speaks to me. This is what I have to do. This is how he works. We cannot put God in a box. We cannot predict how he's going to speak to us. Here's the signs and wonders guy. And God speaks to him in a little whisper. And as soon as he heard the echo of that whisper, if you look up where he says he pulled his cloak over him, it says he curled up in a ball before God. Why? Because of the voice. He heard the voice. The voice. The voice that was there in creation. He heard. And sometimes it's not in the signs and the wonders and the big things and the things that we usually associate with how God speaks to us. 
He'll take us by surprise sometimes, just like he took Elijah by surprise. The still small voice of God speaking into the human heart is more powerful than any outward display. I love the way I quote Spurgeon a lot. I love the way how he put this. Listen to this. And now the thunder ceased. And the lightning had gone. And the earth was still. And the wind was hushed. And there was a dead calm. And out of the midst of the still air, there came what the Hebrews call a voice of gentle silence, as if silence had become audible. And when that happens in your heart, you'll recognize his voice. It's the voice of God. It's not a voice, it's the voice. God was showing up for Elijah, but he was showing him, you can't put me in a box. You can't second guess me. You thought I was in the thunder. You thought I was in this. You thought that because that's how I'd talked to you before. But I'm going to talk to you in a completely different way. And sometimes we need to expect the unexpected. Maybe it's a place that we didn't think God could ever speak to us. Or a time which he would never speak to us in that way. And sometimes, you know, I, I've been on the tops of mountains. I've been in abbeys. I've been... Um, in my office with lovely worship music on, and yeah, God speaks to me there. But I told you before, sometimes God speaks to me when I'm in the sauna. I haven't been there for a couple of weeks because it's been shut down. But it doesn't mean God can't speak to me anywhere else. And I've said it all, all along. How does God speak to us? Any way He wants. Because His is the voice. God was demonstrating here how we would eventually hear his voice. He was demonstrating in Elijah the still small voice. How we would eventually, when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, hear his voice more easily through the Holy Spirit inside us. When I was right in the midst of, of studying this, when I was right in the midst of, of getting some stuff together, we, um, a few of us went down to Swansea to the Bless Wales conference. It was fantastic. There was a guy speaking there that I really wanted to hear. I'd read one of his books. Um, it was a, it's a fantastic book, if you can get hold of it. It's called, it's so fantastic, I forgot what it's called. Intercessory Prayer. Mim's mum lent it me. Kate. No, she didn't. She actually bought it me. Uh, sadly, it's got burnt in the fire. But it's a fantastic book. The guy who wrote it, his name is... Dutch sheets. Sounds like something you'd do the bed, isn't it? Dutch sheets. If you can get it, intercessory prayer, fantastic. He was speaking. A few of us went down. I was in the middle of preparing this preach, if you want to call it that. And as we were worshiping, there was about a thousand people in this place. You say, Callum, about a thousand people. And I said, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I was in the middle of this. I want to hear your voice. And the, the, the worship reached a, a shakendo where it was absolutely awesome. You know, when you get to that, that place where nothing else matters, 
No one else matters. It was just me and God. And I, I heard him speaking to me in the worship. And he said, can you hear me now? Can you feel my goodness? It was as if I was on that mountain. And I could just feel his voice. Feel his, that awesome presence of the voice. And he actually, I could feel it inside. Can you hear me now? Can you feel me? He was declaring who he was. You see, the atmosphere had, had reached a, a point it was like point zero. And we can get to that point sometimes where it's, wow, if I can't hear God here, where am I going to hear him? I want more point zeros. I want more time where I, wow, that's God. You know, he didn't tell me anything profound. It was just, can you hear me? I'm here. Can you feel me? See, sometimes we've got to get the atmosphere right. Because there are a lot of other voices. A lot of voices speaking into our lives. Sometimes we've got to turn the other voices down so we can hear the voice. Do you know what? I walked in today. I've never seen it before. There's a little cartoon in the foyer. I don't think any of us have put it. I think somebody from Havelock have put it there. And there's a have a look at it on your way out. There's a sheep in a deck chair. And the shepherd's on the, on the mountain calling. And the sheep has actually got a bubble. And it's saying, a speech bubble saying, I wonder why I don't hear the shepherd anymore. But you look at the picture. And the, sh and the sheep has got earphones on. He's reading the sheep digest when his Bible is on the floor. He's got a huge TV screen in front of him. And you could, you could see, and he's going, wonder why I don't hear anymore. Sometimes the voice of God is rare in our lives because we're not creating the right atmosphere. We've got to turn down voices. We've got to turn down noise. And God says, can you hear me now? It's not a voice. It's the voice. Psalm 46. I'm just going to end with this. Psalm 46 and verse 10. And I think Karen read this already, didn't you? If you didn't know. Be still and know that I am God. How do you hear his voice? You need to turn some volume down. You need to create an atmosphere. I want to hear your voice, Lord. Speaking more into my life. Yes, sometimes we need direction. Yes, sometimes we need encouragement. And his voice does that. Sometimes we need all these things. But sometimes it's just to hear his voice. I don't know whether I want to say it again, but it was quite emotional last time I said it. 
My dad's gone a couple of years now. And we were playing around on the computer, man, weren't we? And we flicked up a video, and there he was, talking. And we just looked at each other, ma'am and myself, we were like, it's his voice. Just to hear his voice. How long is it since you've heard God's voice? Doesn't matter what he says, just to say, I'm here. I got you. You're mine. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes we just need to tune in more. We need to listen more. Lord, how many times have you called us and we never recognized, never heard? Lord, how many times have we expected you to speak in a totally different way and we missed it because we were expecting one thing. Lord, we want to hear your voice, that voice in our lives. Lord, just reassuring. You know, and sometimes I think, and you know if you've got children, and you go to bed at night, and the child perhaps is a bit disturbed, all you need to do is say, don't worry, mommy's here or daddy's here, that's enough. Just to hear your voice. Lord, sometimes all we want to do is just to hear you speak into our lives, Lord, that echo of your voice. Because your voice is as powerful as your very presence. And so for every person here, Lord, as we go into this week, Lord, help us to turn down the volume in other areas so that we can hear your voice. Jesus.